Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the good in the imperfections, whether in faith, homeschool, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, healthcare professional, recovering perfectionist, and eternal optimist. When I first started this podcast back in January, I wasn't sure how it would look. I knew I wanted to embrace all the things that others, and well, including myself, saw as imperfections or being too much. I knew I wanted to have a space where I could say what I thought, and whoever listened would want to hear what I said as well, or at least pretend that they did anyway. (laughs) I knew I wanted to bring encouragement and positivity to people, especially moms, because, well, let's just face it, there's just way too much negative in the world today. That being said, I never thought I would be talking to people outside of homeschool families. Also, I feel like I need to give a shout out to whoever it is that is in Spain that listens to me regularly. So, hey, super cool. I didn't see this as a place where I would inevitably talk about God and faith more than any other topic. I'm not mad about it at all, though. It's funny how things just seem to ebb and flow as you figure things out. I still don't know that I'm going to stick to one thing or three things. What I do know is that I'm so glad you're here to hang out, find encouragement, and listen to my sometimes random thoughts that really do go somewhere eventually, I promise. (laughs) With that, welcome to Season 3 of Imperfectly Pollyanna. Lots of fun stuff ahead, y'all, this season, so stay tuned, get comfy, and let's grow together, okay? I, I wanted to talk about something today that I think everyone can relate to. Where is God in the confusion? I don't know about you, but with current events happening, I have found myself more anxious than not. Now, frankly, I know why that I've been feeling that way, and that's because I've gotten into the awful habit of getting sucked into the post on social media. You know the kind. COVID posts, Delta variant, new variants, to vaccinate or not, to mask or not, mandate at all or not. Then there's the arguments over if we can trust the CDC, trust science. Whose science do we trust anyway? On top of that, There's the talks about schools returning to session and whether or not they will mandate masks for all or simply just those who aren't vaccinated because I'm sure that won't have any type of mental impact on our children one bit. But wait, the vaccination doesn't keep you from getting sick, so you can still be a spreader because you could have it and not know it from lack of symptoms. There's protests being done in educational board meetings from parents, protests from healthcare workers about being mandated to take the vaccine. There's even huge arguments about whether or not those in the hospital with COVID or a variant, whatever, if the majority are vaccinated or not. Phew, y'all, seriously, just parents are worried for their kids, as they should be. We all should be. Not just because of a sickness that has been shown to not be as prevalent in the younger age groups, much less mild for most who don't have an underlying condition, but we are worried for our kids because the world is spinning and it seems to be completely out of control. No matter which side of the coin you're on with anything I've mentioned, there really doesn't seem to be any hope of things calming down soon. 
everyone is determined to be right. There are those who trust anyone in a leadership role that speaks to their personal beliefs. I think that that's, that's normal. We want to believe the people that believe the same way that we do. There are those who don't trust the powers that be because they recognize how political and greedy those people likely have become. The thing is, while the people in positions of power pass down their own information, tainted by their own beliefs, opinions, and even experience, the rest of us normal people are divided with no promise of unity. Who would have ever thought that there would be full-out spit-talking arguments over how you take care of your family? I had someone get into a shall we say, heated discussion the other day in a group I'm in on Facebook. She was touting information she had gotten from family and healthcare, and it was completely opposite of what I have been experiencing as a healthcare provider. It was the talk about how the majority of people who are sick and dying in overrunning hospitals is the unvaccinated. Now, I could be wrong, and there may very well be areas where that is the case. But I am telling you point blank, it is not the case in practically every area of the country. We talk to each other. Look, I'm all for you doing what you feel you need to do, what you feel convicted of doing, for the sake of yourself and your family. If that means to take an experimental medication, whether due to needing to keep your job, protect your health, protect loved ones, whatever your reason is, I support you in the fact that you have a right to do your own research and learning and make an informed decision. This is not at all a dig at anyone who has made the decision to either vaccinate or not, wear a mask or not. The girl I was talking with flat out told me that I was not a frontline worker because I'm a paramedic and not in the ER. The last time I checked, in the 19 years I have been in EMS, I am typically the first one to treat a patient before handing them off at the ER. I mean, bless her heart for her ignorance of spitting out words that she didn't think through before speaking them into existence. For everything I brought forward about what we are experiencing in healthcare, she had a rebuttal argument and even made this nasty comment about how I was apparently putting myself and my family before anyone else. Let me say that I believe we are to do the following. Love God and love others. In that order. The Bible says to love our neighbors as ourselves also says our bodies are a temple. I have been given charge over my children while we are here on earth. So therefore, yes, my priority is God, then my family, and then others. When we arrive on an emergency scene in EMS, the very basic, very first thing you ever have pushed into your head is scene safety. It is common knowledge that it is not our emergency, and we are all going home at the end of the shift. We have families at home that need us. We have children to raise, lives to live outside of the work we do. When I get on a scene, I don't do anything else until I know the scene is as safe as possible, knowing it can change at any moment. We always stay aware for any changes so that we as a team can adapt, pivot, move, do whatever we need to do in order to help those in need while also staying safe ourselves. Now, in the discussion with this Facebook stranger, she mentioned that healthcare workers are tired and overwhelmed by patients who are unvaccinated and overworking the healthcare system. My rebuttal was that we are tired, yes. Not because of patient load, but because of lack of staffing. People are tired. We are all tired. Tired of being seen as heroes one moment and then enemies of the state the next, depending on if we make the popular decision or not. We are tired of the upheaval. The drama, the confusion, the constant changing of protocols and procedures based on the daily change of how we are to battle the new norm. 
And the fact that those outside of healthcare feel the same does not go unnoticed. I believe that we as a nation are just exhausted. Being able to find the balance of making the best choice, standing up for things that are against the Constitution, leading our children, protecting our loved ones, fighting injustices, navigating a constant changing environment, and in the middle of it all, finding the good in it? (laughs) Now that's almost laughable. And yes, I said almost. For every day the sun is shining and a rainbow comes billowing across the sky with hope of a new day, there is a busybody just waiting to take you off that happy cloud of positivity, or as I like to call her, a negative Nellie, like Nellie Olson. So where is God in all this mess? Because that's what it is that we have on our hands. A big ol' overwhelming, catch-your-breath, never-gonna-get-cleaned-and-organized mess. I imagine the world being like an extreme hoarder's house. Remember that show about hoarders? I don't even know if it's still on. Just full to the brim of things collected over the years. Trash, food, collectibles, memories, trauma, dust, no room to move, stagnant, paint peeling, busted pipes or seat cushions. A big old broken house that would be better off bulldozing down and starting over. Where is God in all of that? When the hoarders on the show are helped, it comes with lots of tears, anger, pain, discomfort. It comes with begging of compromise as the owner wants to change yet doesn't want to let go of things either. Doesn't want to let go of control. Is scared of letting go and things being different because they have become so used to the chaos that the idea of change literally causes a physical negative response. Where is God in all of that? When our world is full of tears, anger, pain, discomfort, when people are begging for compromise, begging for change, yet not wanting to let go of control, allowing fear to control decisions they make. Just like the hoarders, the fear of letting go, the chaos has literally changed us as a nation and as a world. So again, I'm asking, where is God in all of that? All of this? There's a story in the Bible, and whether you know this story or not, bear with me. It may seem obvious where I'm going, but just just take a moment. Jesus had been ministering to people, and he had just finished feeding the 5,000. Super cool story in and of itself. He sent the disciples on ahead of him so he could seclude himself and pray. When he was done, the boat was already pretty far out, and it was battered and worn from the waves. Now, I imagine there may have been complete exhaustion on everyone's part at that point, They had just felt the blow of John the Baptist being beheaded, fed the crowd, been present among all the healings, all the traveling, the stress of being hated among those in power. When they finally get a chance to breathe, the waves around them are beating up their boat and their leader is nowhere to be found. Suddenly, they see this image on the water walking toward them. Were they imagining things? They thought it might have even been a ghost and they cried out in fear. I would probably do the same thing. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Talk about a sigh of relief, right? Peter responded and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says to him, come. Peter gets out of the boat, begins walking on the water, coming towards Jesus. He's walking on the water. So cool. There was his leader, his confidant, his very reason for being where he was in that moment. But then what happens? Peter turns and sees the wind, the chaos, again, and becomes frightened, which I totally get. Who wouldn't be scared in that moment? 
The next thing that happened is what I want to emphasize. When he sees the wind and becomes frightened, he begins to sink. What does he do then? He cries out and he said, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reaches out with his hand and takes hold of him and says to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. There is so much to say that can relate to this, to our current state of affairs, but what I want to address is that Peter took a chance and stepped out onto the water because he trusted Jesus would not fail him. When he took his eyes off of him and saw the chaos around him, he began to sink. In that moment, he could have given into the storm, drowning in the waters, pulled to the depths, but he reached out and asked for help from the one he knew was the only hope he had. All he had to do was ask for help, and Jesus was there immediately. Peter had a moment of doubting, yet he was rescued when he turned his eyes to the one who created the waves to begin with. It sounds like some pretty little packaged up story, right? Happily ever after. It's something that happened in the Bible days, and that's great, but does God really do that today? Can he? Of course. Will he? Well, that's really the question, isn't it? The question is that, does the God of the Bible still work and move in our world today and the way he did then? It sure is hard to think that's possible when it feels like we are standing in the middle of an uncontrollable tilt-a-whirl with no stop button. When we cry out and are met with confusion, it's so difficult to know what the answer is, isn't it? Surely I'm not the only one who has found myself wondering where God seems to be when families are fighting against each other, friendships are lost over difference of opinions, and people are dying physically, mentally, and spiritually. I have cried out to God that I don't want to work at my job anymore. I want to be at home with my kids. I'm tired of the drama. I'm tired of the negativity. I'm tired of trying to figure it all out, navigate my anxiety while dreaming and focusing on what matters most, my family. Jesus could have gotten on the boat with the disciples that night before the storm even began. He could have prevented the storm from even happening, right? Absolutely. Things could have gone so much differently than they did. And yet, that's not what happened. What happened was an opportunity for Jesus to show his power in the midst of the storm. What happened was Peter's faith was tested, increased, because of the storm that was allowed to happen. That moment was used to show God's power. It was used to help the disciples grow in their faith and belief. What if, what if the things we are experiencing today, the storms we are going through, what if they are happening not because God is not in control, but in order to show his power. In the middle of the current storm we are in, anxiety flares when we succumb to the waves of social media, news outlets, and feed into others' fears. We lose our sight on the one who holds the ultimate power. We're busy listening to other people. The thing is, he's not going to calm the world just because he can. Of course, he could. But what did Peter do? He cried out for help. Until we, not just as individuals, but as a nation, cry out for help, the world will keep spinning out of control. I mentioned earlier the question of, does he still move like that today? Are his miracles different today? I don't know all the ins and outs of God. Gracious, I will never claim that even one iota. But what I can tell you is this. I was one way. I was lost. I was angry. I was bitter. 
I was making wrong decisions after wrong decisions, and it was like a never-ending pattern. My life has been full of ups and downs, good decisions and not, faith-building moments and depths of despair. I have made great progress in my walk with the Lord, and I have also turned my back on Him with my actions. I have messed up so many times, and if you knew all my sins, all my imperfections, my thoughts, my words, my bad choices, you may wonder how I can even be here today. There is a line in season one of The Chosen by Mary Magdalene, and it says, I'm just paraphrasing, but it says, I was one way, and now I am another, and the thing that happened in between was him. I know that miracles still happen because of what has happened in my own life. I have doubted that God was even real at times. I'm not ashamed to admit that because I know I'm not the only one. I was one way, and now I am another. And what happened in between was him. He is the only one who could have restored my life. What did I do differently? I cried out to him. I let go of the control. I gave the fear of change over to him. And when I feel those feelings coming back, because they do, they creep back in of anxiety, fear, uncertainty. When I begin to doubt where things are going or what is to come, I can come back in confidence to put my eyes on him again, knowing he will reach out immediately. The things happening in the world today are no surprise to him. Could he cause COVID to miraculously disappear? I believe that 100%. But what I also believe is that we have all made decisions over the course of history that has consequences. Our actions have brought about the chaos. It has brought about the confusion. So, where is God in the confusion? Would he want us to get a vaccination, refuse one, mask up, refuse to, be part of a certain political party or another one, believe science or not or another science? What would he want us to do? What does he want us to do? Simple. He wants us to call on him and put our faith in him. I cannot judge someone on what they feel their decision should be when it comes to the choices we have today with COVID, masks, school, homeschooling, what have you. I mean, I guess I could, but I'm trying really hard not to. When so many people doubt that God is even real today, I can tell you with full certainty that he is still here. I can tell you that there is a bigger picture than what we see on our TVs or on our social media. It begins in our homes in our hearts, in the words we say, the words we pray. When churches are even split on what is the right thing to do with hot topics, trust that he's still here. I may not agree with your decisions, but I don't expect you to agree with mine. We are all just trying to do our best, right? One thing we can all agree on is that we want to live life in full health, happiness, and freedom. We can agree we want the world to heal and be better. And it's my hope that you begin to heal. Yes, you, the one listening right now. Healing from the hurts from your past. Healing from the fears that have kept you frozen for years. Healing from the thoughts that have controlled your actions and words. I pray you are filled with a peace that you've never known. A peace in the chaos, in the confusion. Where is God in the confusion? He is right here.
he just can't be seen sometimes. Not because he's hiding, but because we aren't looking in the right direction. I want to encourage you to try again. Try again to talk to him. Try again to turn your eyes to him. When you disagree with someone else on current events, turn to him. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement or community. The way a show gets found is by word of mouth. If you know of someone who may find help in this episode, I would love if you shared it with them. You can also help spread the word by heading to my Facebook or Instagram pages and interacting there with comments or sharing. As always, I will put the links in the show notes, but you can also search Imperfectly Pollyanna on those platforms and find me. I hope you'll continue to show up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved, and I am so glad you're here. See you next time.